0: theme of Christ being the high priest, and I want you to think about it, I want you in the invitation song that he has selected, I want this to blend in with our theme, because we have a lot of problems today. We're living in a land and in a country that God has blessed abundantly and given us the opportunity to even print on our coins in God we trust, and we do. And God has given us uh, great blessings, and yet we find, as in the history of God's people, that we uh, fall away, that we fail to recognize him, and we fail to honor him as we ought to, and we join the crowd of thousands and millions of people who have lived, who have forgotten God's instructions. And we only take this moment out to remind ourselves that we're just human, that we fall into the same category of people who have lived before us, And we make mistakes. We sin before God. And it's a constant, continuous work for us to encourage and to remind people of the faith and the trust that they have in Jesus Christ. When I think about Adam and Eve, being created by our God, Jesus Christ. New Testament tells us it was Christ who created all things. Placed in the garden and announced that they were good, I can understand that the sin and the corruption, the misbehavior, the lack of recognition, that they had for God, cannot be blamed upon God. God created them, he announced they were good, but it has to go back to the person who was present at that time that gave them encouragement to disobey God, and that was the devil. Many times today we look for the solution of man's adjustment in righteousness and worship to God, and when we look at it we, we seemingly think, well, who can we blame? And we have a long history of blaming a lot of people, but when we look back at man's for experience with God, man is the one who is accountable to God, and he has been told that we have an adversary, and we have been told how to handle that adversary. And the message has come strong and clear to us that he, he deceived God's good creation But it was by the choice of his creation which gives us the great message that we all are accountable and that we must look back at the history of God's dealings with man and not make the mistakes that others have made. Now the focus point of all of this is that Jesus has the answer. He is the high priest. He is the one that has the answer. We have a chaotic condition in which we live. Forty-three percent of the families are single parent families. Eighty-six percent of young men have premarital sex before they're married. Seventy-six young women do the same thing. That was in Christianity Today three years ago, 1993. and 93. A host of other quotations could be given from current magazines to show you that is startling to us how the devil is on the round page, how the devil is after our minds and our hearts, just like he was Adam and Eve. And as Peter said, the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in the faith? And Paul says, we're not ignorant of his devices. But there shouts out to us, Adam and Eve and many of the, uh, many others, 3,020 were killed as they came out of bondage. God delivering his people because they were overwhelmed with the appetites of sensuality and of the flesh. And God has that according to 1 Corinthians 15, or or Romans 15, these things were written for admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages are come. And 1 Corinthians 10 says the same thing, fair examples. Now, in that 1 Corinthians 10 passage, it says that they had Christ who were with them when they were baptized in the Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea, and that he is still with them. He says, these things were happening to them by way of example, that we should not murmur as they murmured, that we should not sin as they sinned that we should not commit the same things that they do. Let him that standeth take heed lest he fall. There is no temptation taking us, but such is common to man. But God will with the temptation provide also the way of escape. Now all of these sinful things that I've mentioned and has been mentioned in the Bible, we get to look at ourselves and we say, well, what, what what's the answer to all this? What's the answer? My little darling daughter, you know, and, and my son. Now, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to protect them? Well, they have flesh just like our ancestors had flesh. And they have the devil to deal with just like our ancestors and the history of man has flesh to fight. And they're just human, just like we're human. And God knew that. and He gave us old Job to show us that the devil wrestled with anybody that comes on the face of the earth. He gave us Jesus Christ, who was God made known in the flesh, to let us know that he doesn't spare anyone, and he attacked them, him the same three ways. Adam and Eve, good for the eyes, good for the taste, good to make you wise, he's the only one that ever overcame it. But he stayed after our Lord and our Savior the 33 years he was here. He turned his own people against him. He turned one of his disciples against him and lied. And for 30 pieces of silver deceived him. But he had the answer. He has the answer today. And the way he got the answer was the devil putting him on the cross. His blood was the price of our sins. His love was the answer to our confusion and doubt and deceptiveness. He says, I know how you feel, but he says, I have overcome. Did you know, there seems to be an idea in the minds of men generally that Christ once did something for us. Everybody seems to think that Christ once did something for the world and that he once made a great effort to save men, and people ought to tell everybody about it. Now, I would like for you to get the idea out of your mind and put in its place a much better, more comforting view that Christ is now, hear this, Christ is now doing something for men. He is now engaged in our behalf and in our interest for our souls and for our salvation, for our fellowship, for our relationship. He has never ceased his efforts to save men. The office that he now fills exists for man's benefit, and the business that now occupies his time is connected with man's salvation. Wherever he is able to save, Hebrews 7 and verse 25, wherefore he is able to save to the uttermost them that draw near unto him, through God, through him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. It is because He have, his priesthood is unchangeable, and that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. And let me tell you, we need him every hour, every moment. I used to think that this passage meant that Christ is able to save the most depraved person and the most sinful person that, that ever was when he says He saved to the uttermost. But he saves to the uttermost those of us who are struggling today. It is true that Christ can and will save. Anyone who comes to him, him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out, he said. This is a statement that he made while he was here in the flesh. But this passage, to consider him that we've read here, consider him our great high priest, is for us today, is for the people who will live a million years from now if the world goes on. Down to the last time that man will be tempted by old Satan. He ever lives. He never sleeps. He never goes on vacation. He never grows weary. He is never out of patience. He is never in a bad mood. He is constantly faithful and interceding for us. He knows how we feel when we're in sin. And brethren, We need to understand that when, you know the difference between a prophet and a priest? A prophet is the one who goes and speaks to the people for God. He was truly that. But a priest is the one who speaks to God for the people. And we need him to speak for us. We need him to help us. We need him to lift us up. A teenager that was in the Church of Christ in Midland. And I speak to the young girl from college that's put over these, working with her. She was pregnant out of wedlock. And the girl who had the training and was working said, Oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't pull apart that baby. Well, I can't tell my parents. I can't be embarrassed. Yeah, she had an abortion. What was the answer? The answer was training her, of course. But the answer was that she had a Lord and she had a Savior that could have given her strength and help in her conduct. I don't know who's to blame, but I know that Christ is the answer. Marriage is the bond that he has approved. The other is Satan's allurement to destroy humanity. We must be responsible, and the only thing is for that young person to trust in Jesus. There's no temptation taking us, but such as is common to man, it isn't any different that it was in Adam and Eve's day, it isn't any different when the three and twenty thousand were life were taken. It isn't any different when David looked from the housetop and committed fornication and murder ultimately, and finally was taught the lesson that God is the answer. Satan has been overcome. Satan has been abolished to the person who has Christ to be his high priest. I received a letter this week from Liberia. They cooked my brother's heart in palm oil and ate it, a member of the church said. Talking about the cannibals that took them over. And they boasted about it and thought it was great and that it would give them mental powers that they couldn't get from anyone else. And I looked from out at a hidden place and saw it. Lack of knowledge destroys my people. We have immorality today because we're unlike God's moral code. We have our morality. Our morality means they just don't write there's no right or wrong because of a lack of teaching. God has taught us from the Old Testament and the New what right and wrong is. And when we fail to lay that down and teach our people, we're on dangerous grounds. I tell young people, hey, that's a work of Satan. Why don't you... That's not good behavior. Somehow, we've missed and we've haven't gotten the message that when Satan is deceiving our kids and putting them out there where they think it's okay, it's not much different from when cannibalism is a thing to do. I'll get mental powers that I won't have any other way by eating a human being's heart. Wrong message. But the devil has been given the wrong message. But the right message all the way through the book of Hebrews is Christ is the high priest with his blood. You know, the only thing I can do for young people, they're mixed up, is to teach them what God wants them. And so this is it. But most of all is to teach them a relationship of their live Christ, the live priest, the priest who will help them, because each one of us have temptations as different from anybody else. And the answer is Jesus being present to help us. I want you to take the invitation song, please, and turn to. We're going to give you an invitation, and there may be people here. There may be young people. Now I can't answer the temptations and the conflicts that you're and the peer pressure that you have out there, but I'll tell you, Jesus can handle it. And I'll tell you what, that, that, that Satan isn't a match for Jesus. Now, your lack of faith will put the devil ahead of, say, of, of Christ. But your faith in Christ will just keep the old devil at arm's length, and he can't body. Only look at this song. The Savior is standing outside the door. The last last book in the Bible says that we're priests and kings. It repeats it a number of times in the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th chapters. That we're priests and kings with Jesus. And he's our high priest. And he's the one that has all the answers. But the 3rd chapter says he stands at the door and knocks, knocks. But you've got to open it up. Now, I don't know the answer to all the mixed-up emotions of all of our young people, but Jesus does, and faith does. I don't know all the tugging that comes to them in the way of the flesh that wants to lure them out in devil's kingdom, but I know that's not the place for them. And I know that Jesus has a power. He's the king of the universe. He has the power to keep them. And no one can ever snatch you out of his hand. The Savior is standing outside the door and gently speaks to your heart. Now, it takes faith to believe that. I believe in Revelation 3 and the last verse. I believe it. I believe the first chapter where he says he's the priest and the high priest and that he still lives. And he's saying, I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. I believe that. Now, the person who's confronted with old Satan's tactics needs to believe that. He has been there so often. Refuse him no more. Why won't you let him come in? Oh, why? Oh, I'd rather give myself to the devil and to the flesh. Perhaps, look at the second one. Up Calvary's hill, maybe this will teach he went long ago, the nail-pierced hands Twas for me, it's for you, it's very personal, for you. If you've never been washed in the blood of the Lamb, now's the best time. To purchase my pardon, he suffered such woe, so I could forever be free. How do you know that? His Word has told us that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the other books all focused together, plus the Old Testament, all says he was going to do that. Now, the devil will say, you believe that fairy tale? Yeah, that's what he does, until he gets to where you won't believe it. Well, true riches and blessings he will provide. There is mercy and pardon for sin, a shelter from storm, and whatever be time. Just let him come in. It's the answer. He's pleading so gently. No longer delay. Why won't you let his word in? Believe in his promise. The Savior. Obey. Why don't you let him come in? Stand together and say,